Definitely uh, something if 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 I uh, was the pig herder mm-hmm. would want Jesus to leave. Like economically, that feels like a bad day. But it's a bad day. Welcome back to the Bible Study Discussion Podcast. This is Josh. And my name is Wayne. That's not how we usually do it. I just want to see if you'd be ready. No, I was and ready. You, you were ready. It was, I, yeah. It was well, I mean, good. I only have one word there, so it's, it's, it's fairly ready. Like, Josh, Josh, yeah. Josh. Yeah. Josh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's me. <laughs> Nailed it. And we are, we are reading and discussing through the book of Matthew. Our hope is that uh, we can just be a, a a study resource for you that you can read along with us. Uh Hear our thoughts and think your own thoughts as you learn how to follow Jesus uh, better. So I will pray and then we will get started. Heavenly Father, I love you. Thank you for your love and for your grace. God, thank you for your word. Uh, I just pray that you would open our eyes and our hearts to see your truth today in a way that will draw us to yourself and help us to live a life that brings you glory. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. All right. All right. Starting in verse 1. When Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I'm willing, he said. Be clean. Immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. Then Jesus said to him, see that you don't tell anyone, but go, show yourself to the priests and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one go and he goes and that one come and he comes. I say to my servant, do this and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, Truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go, let it be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that moment. So Jesus has just uh, finished what we call the Sermon on the Mount, that that teaching. He's come down, the crowds have followed, uh, and this man approaches him, this man with leprosy, with some skin disease. Apparently, multiple skin diseases would have been referred to as leprosy. Sure, big category. Not a specific thing. And he says, Lord, if you are willing, make me clean. Yeah. I'm I'm fascinated there that... They may be more fascinated than they should be. That he his request, which it's not even a question, it's a request mm-hmm. or a statement. If you're willing, and he doesn't say you can heal me, uh, the New Living Translation actually adds that in be, that it, because we can understand that that's part of his request. Right. But what he actually requests is that you can make me clean. Mm-hmm. That his uncleanness is the part that seems most egregious to him and the part that needs to get to the the man suffering it needs Mm -hmm. to get uh, fixed. This uh, ostracizing, ostracization? Mm -hmm. Anyway, I'm just making up words now. Uh, From both community in general, people in general, and then... 
along with that then, of course, from the temple and from the presence of God. And he's actually going to Jesus saying, if you're willing, you have the authority. Mm. The rules say I'm unclean. You have the authority to make me clean so that I can be back in community and back in the presence of God again. Mm. Yeah, and that the the request to be made clean, uh, yeah, that, that that is what's important, being able to uh, worship mm-hmm. like the Jewish people were called to and being part of family and community instead of being, um, yeah, cast out and looked down upon. And and even this the, the next line of Jesus reaching out his hand, um, if, if a priest touched a leopard, they are unclean. Right, the priest and, becomes unclean. Right, becomes yeah, unclean the, because the, the uncleanness transfers. transfers. Yeah. Um, but with Jesus, uh, it, it, it's a little backwards. It goes the other way, as Jesus is prone to do. Mm-hmm. Make things go the other way. And then yeah. one thing, uh, yeah, he, he tells him not to tell anyone. Why does Jesus want to keep it a secret? Uh, yeah, I struggle with these ones because they show up periodically through, through mm-hmm. the gospel. And sometimes... Like, he has a large crowd following him. I mean, here it says he's coming off the mountain. Large crowds followed him. Right. And he said, okay, now don't tell anybody. Like, <laughs> like at least dozens, if not thousands of people are around him. And, and, and he's saying, okay, now don't tell anybody. We don't want to cause a ruckus. Or, right. Uh, this one... At least he does tell him to do something with it, right? So don't right. tell anyone, but go show yourself uh, to the priest and offer the. Like, mm-hmm. Okay, so his concern was his cleanness, right? And there, um, so unclean is a essentially a category in the Old Testament, a really large category where any of these a number of things that you do make you mm-hmm. unclean. Um, and it can be sinful things, but it can also be things that just happen to right. you. Um, so, like uh, a women's a woman's menstruation period makes mm-hmm. her unclean for that period of time. That does not mean they're labeling her a sinner. Right. It just means. Uh, like if somebody touches a dead body, which of mm-hmm. course somebody has to touch the dead right. body and remove it. They're not sinning, right. but these things—blood and carcasses and and dead skin. These things represent uh, death that has come into the world through sin. And so they say, uh, okay, then these things of death cannot be in the presence of the living God. Um, And so for most things, it was temporary. And then when you were done with that temporary period of time where you're unclean, Mm -hmm. you go and perform a ritual and uh, or bring a gift or an offering and that Uh, Now concludes that time you're unclean. You get to go back to being clean. One of the hard parts I I would imagine for people with leprosy, with skin diseases, is that uh, this was a long stretch of time. This isn't just a week. This is who knows how long, and there's no end in sight. You don't Mm -hmm. know when it might go away or if it would or what would cause it to. And and for Jesus to say, okay, your request was to be made clean. So I— healed you mm-hmm. and now you're actually going to go follow the ritual patterns because the right. ritual matters mm-hmm. um it, at least he gave him something to do so yeah. uh, this kind of this uh go all the way back around actually answering your question um this kind of don't 
tell anybody statement feels more like, hey, I know you want to go run and hug everybody that you love and haven't touched in however many years. Mm. First, you need to go do the things to get what you asked for, to to enter into the presence of God and Mm -hmm. be clean. Uh, And then I would... I mean, he has to tell people he's going to show up at his parents' house or his wife's house or whatever and go, hey, I can come back in now. Um, And he's going to have to tell them what what happened. But Mm -hmm. it seems to be a priority thing as much as anything else. And if if people need more information about uh, skin diseases in Leviticus, you can find out about, like, what color the the rash is or what color the hair in the rash is or how long it's been there, which makes you clean or unclean. Makes um, me feel very unclean just reading it. Yeah, it's just, I'm, I'm it's, not a fan. I, <laughs> I I do love that Jesus sent him to to do what the law has said. Jesus uh, never violates the law, but Jesus um, expands on it. And, and the, the Pharisees and the scribes probably would have thought that Jesus didn't have respect for the law. Sure, because he violates some of their laws. He violates some of their rules, but as far as what is actually in here, he doesn't violate those. But for this, for that command to like, hey, this is you're clean. This is what's next Mm -hmm. according to what we have as law. And um, I think some of the not telling anyone uh, some stuff I've read in different in different gospels show like like early healings. Jesus was like, don't tell, don't tell, don't tell, um, knowing that it wasn't his time, knowing that like for him to be the Messiah he needed to be um, wasn't the same as as um, to just come in, be really showy, have all these... Right. Obviously, there's people following me. He's healing lots of people at this time. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, re- religious leaders aren't currently following him around uh, trying to have him killed. Um, sure. Which, which does no happen later yet. when he does different things. Yeah. And, and so just that, that timing of his ministry and mm-hmm. when it was a, yeah, you can go tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and one of the interesting things to me about this man's uh, request, and it does take us into the... The, the next story, too, mm-hmm. if we're ready to go there, uh, that I also read. Uh, he doesn't actually appeal to Jesus' power. He doesn't say, if you're capable, you can heal me. Right. He says, if you're willing, you can make me clean. So it's actually appealing to Jesus' authority, uh, mm-hmm. the end of chapter 7, which, yeah. again, we put these t- uh, labels in there. End of chapter 7 says, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority. Mm-hmm. That the man is actually coming to Jesus for his authority. And then we read of this centurion who also comes to Jesus and says, uh, game recognizes game. I recognize the authority that you have um, because I'm a person of authority and I know how this works. And if you say sickness can go away, um, it's not so much an issue of power. Mm-hmm. It's actually an issue of, of authority. You can tell the sickness to to leave. And that's pretty remarkable that he identifies that. And Matthew seems to be building a case here for Jesus' authority. Right. And Centurion um, probably had an understanding that, that the Jewish people probably would not, most Jewish people would not come into his home. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, hey, yeah, not actually like, I, don't, to. I don't need you to. Like, I know that might be an issue for you. Right. I know that you can do it without that. Yeah. And, and to, to come and be like, yeah, I, I understand that your people often don't come into people like my people's homes. Um, and I don't think you need to. I understand how authority works. I've seen your authority. Um, yeah. But can you bring healing to this one who I care about? Yeah. Yeah, amazing. A good story. And and then Jesus takes uh, a little step aside here to right. be- cast be- some vision. Before he tells the guy that he's going to right, do it. Right. Like, it's like, just a minute. <laughs> pause. I need to tell the people some things. Um, and... 
and talks up this centurion and says, wow, the faith of this guy. Hmm. Uh, in previous podcasts, we've talked about how some of what it seems like Matthew is doing, uh, going back to uh, the the wise men, and, and mm-hmm. uh, he's, he's looking around saying, hey, this has been a promise. Uh, God has been faithful to the people of Israel. Right. Jesus has come and kind of blown the doors off this thing and opened it up. Mm-hmm. And this little spiel is one of those where Matthew's putting it in there, it, it seems to me, to to say, hey, this there are plenty of seats at Abraham's table, right? and some of the people of Abraham are not taking them. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus is saying, well, then open up the doors and bring everybody on in, right. uh, and including the centurion. It's, this is not going to be about lineage anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's going to be uh, about faith and trust, and it's trusting in the uh, authority and the hmm. um, the uh, legitimacy of of Jesus and who he says he is, mm-hmm. and there's the I think we've I talked before about how like the the people of Israel, the Jewish people, like many of them would have the mindset that unless they like actively turn from God, they're We're okay. Good. Like unless they're, um, it's like yeah, if, if you know. My grandparents were Lutheran and my parents were Lutheran. So, like, unless I say I'm not a Lutheran, right. I'm probably good. Right, right. I don't I'm have to not, be living out of any of it. I have no problems with Lutheran. I'm, I'm not a Lutheran. Uh, I, I was one time. It was one time. Um, but, yeah, that, that lineage or, or what my parents believed or, or their faith doesn't uh, yeah. doesn't get you there. Right. That it's actually your your faith. Yep. And then, then Jesus says, go, just like the centurion said he could. Mm-hmm. Go and let it be done. Yeah. yeah. I will, uh, verse 14. I will, verse 14. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will, verse 14. <laughs> I will. Jesus went into Peter's house and saw his mother-in-law lying in bed with a fever. So he touched her hand and the fever left her. Then she got up and began to serve him. When evening came, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, who drove out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick, so that what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. He himself took our weaknesses and carried our diseases. When Jesus saw a large crowd around him, he gave the order to go to the other side of the sea. A scribe approached him and said, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus told him, foxes have dens, and birds of the sky have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Lord, another of his disciples said, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus told him, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. Be honest, I am most intrigued in this section of scripture by the revelation that Peter had a mother-in-law. Right. Uh, That there, especially because the second half of what you just read uh, talks about uh, basically leaving all of those regular everyday responsibilities behind, or at least it seems to. Mm-hmm. And and yet Peter then is still married, mm-hmm. as a mother-in-law. Uh, that there is family that when when Peter dropped everything to follow Jesus, uh, he he was not a seventeen-year-old single guy. Right. Uh, this is a guy with a. Uh, a family we don't know if he had any kids who uh, walked away from from that and uh, it it 
reminds us of the humanity of the disciples. Mm-hmm. Peter's pretty good at reminding us of his humanity. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, but but this this story helps just go, oh yeah, there were there were others involved here. And when I I think sometimes prioritizing my family is a very, very good reason to not do something. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes. Mm-hmm. There are also times where I think I use it as an excuse right. to go, oh, well, I can't, I got a family, you know, this season of life, whatever. And again, some of those things are super legitimate, and some of them are really excuses. And it's good to remember that the disciples had to wrestle with all of that, mm-hmm. too, and decide to follow Jesus. Yeah, I think, I think sometimes in my mind, it's uh, the disciples with Jesus for three years straight. Right. Maybe the case? Maybe not the case. I mean, they're, yeah. they're here where Peter's mother-in-law is close. If Peter's mother-in-law, Peter's wife also probably close. Probably. And so they probably live together. Yeah, that's generally <laughs> um, how that works. Like, probably Peter's house they're going into here. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, like, it, could they have uh, gone and come back and been in here for a month and gone and come back? And, like, can you go follow Jesus as a 9-to-5 for part of that? And then sometimes you're gone for a couple of weeks. Right. So during the summer, you take the kids on the on the youth camp and the, and the youth retreat. And yeah. then like during the year, you're right. other busy. But yeah, but like we, I think I just haven't been as thoughtful as what that could have, would have looked like to, yeah. to leave every day to follow Jesus. But like mm-hmm. still have those, those ties, those family ties and those commitments there. Mm-hmm. And then he heals her. He, he continues to heal and to cast out demons. Um, fulfilling prophecies. Uh, we haven't uh, seen a direct call out of a fulfilling prophecy in a uh, couple of chapters. A couple of chapters for Matthew. So, what well, Isaiah says comes true. And then, yeah, the, the cost of following Jesus, a scribe approached him. So, I'll follow you wherever you go. Um, Can I just say that I really struggle with this one? Yeah. Like, this, this is one of those chunks of scripture where I just kind of want to throw up my hands and go, I don't know what Jesus is doing here. Hmm. Uh, that um, people are saying the right things, and he's saying things that make no sense to me. Um, and I know people have uh, lots of theories on why this is, and, and many of them, I mean, all those people are smarter than me. Many of them are really good theories. Um Yes, there is a cost involved, and it is good for him to announce that cost ahead of time. Right. I say, look, you're saying you want to follow me, but do you really? Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, they're saying they want to follow, like, right after. Some cool stuff if, if has this, happened. If this was, yeah. like, like, the main event teaching. Right. Um, like, you've seen that. You've seen the healings. Um, it seems like, hey, I, I want to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. I want to be a part of things that looked great before. It's, it's right. harder to be part of things that don't look as great or, right. or we haven't seen what that being great took from the people who did it. And it seems like he must have some sort of insight into their motivation here. Right. Because, you know, in another chapter or so, we'll, we'll get to the calling of Matthew himself. Right. And that calling, Jesus says, hey, come on. Mm-hmm. There's no, hey, I know you're a tax collector. I know you're good at counting costs of things. Like, let's walk through this. He right. just says, hey, come and follow me. Mm-hmm. Maybe he explained a bunch of stuff that Matthew doesn't include there, but that seems unlikely. Uh, and yet in this case, Matthew's recording him saying, are you sure? Mm-hmm. Are you sure you're sure? Are you sure you're sure you're sure? Right. Because this is, uh, is going to be a big deal. The, just the... 
even the um, contrast between we're reading about Peter having a mother-in-law, like their family ties there, and then the guy says, okay, well, let me bury my father first. I don't know how long that actually takes. I know they had whole mourning periods, but like Mm -hmm. that can't be that long. Like, sure, you do that, catch up when you're ready. Right. Family ties are okay for Peter. Family ties for this guy, it's like, actually, you have to ignore those if you're going to follow me. Hmm. And and so, again, I'm left just assuming that Jesus knew their motivations. It makes me examine my own motivations. and go, boy, again, do I use family as an excuse sometimes? Hmm. Do I look at situations and go, well, that's going to be uncomfortable? Right. Well, for sure I do. I don't like uncomfortable things. So mm-hmm. I go, ooh, you don't even, like, I'm going to have to use a rock for a pillow? Uh, I don't know. I mean... Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the the foxes and dens and, and birds and skies, uh, uh, that one's interesting to me. The the dead bear their own dead. That one I'm like, that's that's weird. It's weird. Um really I've heard hard. I've heard uh sermons talking about was was like was this a my like my father's old, so it might be a little while before I pass away and then I bury him. Uh right. I don't, I don't know if that's true. No, that, that seems that to be is speculation. A, a speculation yeah. from so yeah. much, as far as I can understand. Um, but in, in uh, the end of varsity press, background commentary, haven't said that today, so there you go. That was check that one. off the bingo list. Um, <laughs> talked about how they would they would bury them, they would mourn, and then up to a year later would go back and bury the bones in a box in the cave. Mm, um, so like that year. that process. This guy's uh, obviously done with mourning because he's he's out where mm-hmm. he is. But that could be a still eight ten month process of of waiting to and that i mean that was a a firstborn son like his his duty his responsibility sure um so is that something that like yeah you you need to go do that like that's what you need to do it doesn't say he said you can't be my disciple he didn't say like you know a follower right and it says you're a disciple but you're not um because that responsibility right now you're not going to travel with us you're not going to like yeah. Is, is, is that a, you know, go take care of what you're supposed to do as a firstborn son? Right. Uh, and not a, not a bad thing. Sure. Not that you didn't make the team thing. But, a, like, this season you're not going to do this part with you're us. Gonna play. I, yeah. Uh, just, yeah, feels like there's just a lot of speculation. And does your version say let the spiritually dead bury their own dead? No. Is, oh, so some of them say let the spiritually dead bury their own right. dead, which, again, is us just trying to create <laughs> context there, make sense of it. And, right. and uh, it's because we want to soften some things Jesus says and go, well, that feels awfully harsh. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and so we try to insert words to soften it or adjust it or whatever. Right. But he really, he really did say, look, this is... Um, this is a choice you have to make right now for mm-hmm. whatever reason for that person. Right. Um, so, it, it, yeah, the best I can do with this section is just uh, hold it up as a mirror to myself and go, mm-hmm. okay, where am I making excuses that Jesus would call me on and let him call me on them? I guess that reading this again, like it, is, it doesn't say whether or not the disciple... Follow Jesus? Yeah. Or went home to various spot. Like, we don't know. We don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't like, seem like Matthew actually was trying to make a statement about either of these two specific, uh, these two specific men as much as he's making a statement about Jesus and, and right. the act of following him. Mm-hmm. Would you like to read verse 23? I would love to. I'll even read a couple after that, too. Thank you. Then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. 
Suddenly, a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. He replied, You of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, What kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Even the wind and the waves obey him. There was a great storm and there was a great calm. Um, one thing that sticks out to me in this is they wake Jesus. Well, Jesus is sleeping. Very tired, apparently. I mean, he just gave the Sermon on the Mount. Right. He's, he's exhausted. We all, many, many people. Healings. Like the water has to be hitting him in the face, right? Like it's windy. It's wind, anyway. But the, the, right the disciples wake him up and say, Lord, save us. We're going to die. Presumptive. So they've, they've seen his authority <laughs> over demons, over, over our bodies, and, and they're scared, and they wake him up. And then verse 27 says, then they were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Like, I think you expected him to do that. Like, <laughs> it, it feels to me like you expected he would do something. Sure. And then he does something. You're like, what is this? Right. Like, maybe like, he thought he'd bail the boat with them? Or what, what, is, what were they looking for? Wake up. We need one more bucket. <laughs> we're, we're all going to die. Do, do something. But then he does something. And they're, they're shocked. Yeah, they... Uh, this is a new lesson for them in mm-hmm. authority. Apparently, they they thought that the authority to heal leprosy and the authority to stop the wind and waves were very different things, and that, to some degree, does make some sense. One yeah, of those because they would have had larger than the other. They would have had people who did healings in their Jewish yeah. culture around, and but but there's uh, plenty of psalms where it, it talks about God's power over nature, over the wind and the waves specifically. So having uh, grown up as a good Jewish young men would have uh, been familiar with those songs and those psalms that talked about God's power over the wind and the waves and maybe hadn't, like, saw God's authority in Jesus but hadn't thought, like, this is God yet. And then they're like, and then this is like, oh, oh, this is, like, I thought this was, like, like big, but, like, this is big, well, and, and their question is interesting. What kind of man is this? Mm-hmm. It's almost like they're trying to go, boy, that looked an awful lot like God. Right. So let's, that can't be right. <laughs> so what kind of man is this that he can do these God-like things? And, and, and yeah, the, that uh, echo of the Exodus story of God mm-hmm. moving aside the, right. the, the water for them to walk across, controlling the wind and the waves to do that, uh, for them to come back and, and say, well, this is... This is really something where mm-hmm. uh, we are uh, a part of. Um, yeah. And then Jesus, uh, after they came up, he said to them, why, why are you afraid? Can you imagine when they're like, oh, cause, cause the, the, the storm. I believe we just said we're about to die. <laughs> like we, it's, uh, it's the waves. And like, at least some of us are kind of familiar with the sea, mm-hmm. and we're scared. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like this is a problem. We, we this isn't this, this isn't, isn't a good sea to be yeah. on. Mm-hmm. So uh, th- that's why we're afraid, Jesus. Mm-hmm. We, it's because we think we're going to mm-hmm. die. Mm-hmm. Um, Which feels like a legitimate fear at yeah. that point. Yeah, and and he, uh, uh, there, there are a lot of things that I am afraid of in life, and way too many, and. If I was willing to sit down and just list all the things that I'm afraid of, I wonder how many of those things I could move into a category of, 
I'm afraid of these things because I don't actually trust in the authority of God over these things. Mm. Uh, and as Matthew has been working on establishing Jesus' authority, this is clearly establishing his authority mm-hmm. over nature. Right. But the, the it, it's like Jesus is looking at them going, have you not been listening and watching? Right. Like, mm. what... Why are you afraid? Why are you, why are you waking me up? It's almost like he wanted them to wake him up and Call go, like, like hey, 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 if you could stop this thing, that'd be super helpful. Right. There's a storm. It looks, it's, it's kind of menacing. It's kind of annoying. We're getting wet. <laughs> I would really prefer. Mm. And and they're they're freaked out. And he's going, come on, guys, I I got this. And I wonder how many things I get wrapped up in fear over are things mm. that that Jesus would go, but right. I but I got it. Yeah, it. the the fear from like they not being in control of the situation. Yeah, I have no like, idea what that's like. <laughs> right? To be like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Would you calm down and you just yeah, like you got God right here. Right. Wake him up. Let him know. Yeah. Like, just, hey, just chat with him about it. I'm scared here. Yeah. Yeah, I t- yeah. I'm scared here because I don't see how come out of my out. head a lot squeakier and more panicked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure we're dead for. Uh, yeah, I would imagine those on the boat. Yeah, for sure. All right, I'll read verses 28 to 34. Finish that chapter. When he had come to the other side, to the region of the Gadarenes, two demon-possessed men met him as they came out of the tombs. They were so violent that no one could pass that way. Suddenly they shouted, What do you have to do with us, son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? A long way off from them, a large herd of pigs was feeding. If you drive us out, the demons begged him, send us into the herd of pigs. Go, he told them. So when they had come out, they entered the pigs, and the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the sea and perished in the water. Then the men who tended them fled. They went into the city and reported everything, especially what had happened to those who were demon-possessed. At that, the whole town went out to meet Jesus. When they saw him, they begged him to leave their region. I want to take us through uh, a couple of, because there are these back-to-back quotes in, Mm -hmm. in Matthew 8 here. The first quote is the disciples. What kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. And the very next quote, two verses later, is demons. What do you want with us, son of God? The disciples had not recognized who he was. Mm. Demons knew very clearly uh, who he was. That in the human realm of things, if we can put it into those kinds of terms, in the human realm of things, is very unclear what's happening here because our human eyes are not comprehending right. what exactly we're looking at. Mm. In the spiritual realm, it was very clear to them uh, what was what was going on. And it's like the disciples asked the question, in, in as Matthew's writing through this, <laughs> I'm going to tell this story where the disciples ask the question, and then I'm going to tell the story where the demons answer them. Right. Um, and mm. I, I think that's literarily fantastic. And I, um, I like to listen to... Uh, the Bible and audiobooks, and uh, one thing that that bothers me in those is uh, whenever the demons talk, do the creepy scratchy yeah, thing. Yeah, like like I'm really like, don't do the demon voice. Don't but like, like <laughs> I feel like 
maybe demons always sounded obviously like demons. Right, yeah. I have no but idea. my guess is they didn't. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. Like, what do you want to do Jesus? They all sound like Gollum. Right. Maybe, yeah. maybe they just spoke regularly. I mean, obviously they didn't speak English, but well, sure, at that right. time. Right, right. <laughs> um, but yeah. Yeah. The, they, they recognize who he is and... Mm-hmm. And before the time, have you come here to torment us before, you know, the, the judgment, before the end, before they're like, we know, like the, the demons know that there's a time limit on on their. Do you think they're talking about, because I really don't know. Do you think they're talking about uh, the time, meaning uh, the the time of the cross, the, like the time that Jesus fulfills his mission and we, and we believe in, in death and resurrection, he defeated sin and death? Mm. Or is this more uh, eschatological than that? Right. That, it's actually toward the, the end, the end, where where they're all... The, the, the commentaries that I read pointed towards the end, the end. Um, and much like I think the, the Jewish people at the time weren't looking for a, a first coming, second coming situation. Sure. Um, were, were the spiritual powers of darkness expecting mm. a first coming, second coming situation? Sure. I don't, I don't know. I've never, I no never intentionally had a conversation with one <laughs> or unintentionally to my knowledge. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, but was, what were they? Yeah. They knew who he was and they. There is some time, time that is coming. coming. Some time is coming where they will lose and they know it. And that is, uh, that should be comforting to all of us. And then there was a herd of pigs with two chapters in a row with pigs. Piggies. Yeah. And apparently. Uh, demons can be sent into pigs. It's such a strange story. And and I think uh, common beliefs were that demons could perish. So, like, the assumption would have been that demons perished with pigs that drowned. Okay. Um, it's kind of weird to it, to me. It is a strange story. Definitely uh, something if, if, if I uh, was the pig herder... Mm-hmm. Would want Jesus to leave. Like economically, that feels like a bad day. That's a bad day. Uh, I uh, did read some uh, comments on this about, uh, uh, again, as, as you uh, mentioned in chapter seven, pigs are an unclean animal. Mm-hmm. Jewish people should not be raising them. Uh, th- there was some. Um, uh, there, there's some assessment looking back on it that perhaps these were pigs that were being uh, they're being raised and shouldn't be hmm. for whatever reason that whether it's uh, uh, Jewish people doing it or they're it's non-Jewish people doing it on behalf of Jewish people and Jewish people are making money off whatever hmm. it is. Again, that feels like a lot of speculation as we look right. back on it and go. And I think some of that speculation comes from uh, asking the question, well, why would Jesus kill these pigs? Uh, the, the demons asked for it. Well, because they, <laughs> well, they asked to be sent into the pigs. Right. And uh, as uh, Tim Mackey pointed out, so you can now uh, check Tim Mackey off of your bingo card. Uh, he, he looks at it and goes, hey, who killed the pigs? Well, the demons killed the pigs. Right. It wasn't actually Jesus who killed the pigs. I don't know if that's trying to give Jesus an out that he doesn't deserve there either, but uh, but but it's accurate to the story that mm-hmm. Jesus, uh, in fact, 
um, does not offer to send the demons into the pigs. Right. He doesn't say, uh, hey, I've got a good idea for you. Right. <laughs> um, he just says, go, um, which actually just, just now, as we're reading through this, again, uh, realizing that at the beginning of the chapter, um, the centurion said, I tell this one, go, and he goes. Hmm. Um, and then we, authority. Uh, that authority again, we, we get here to the end of the chapter. And, and Jesus, by this point in chapter 8, Jesus has proven authority um, over clean and unclean, over healing even from uh, a distance and then up close, mm-hmm. uh, authority over nature and authority over demons. Right. That is a lot of authority. Um, and and he simply tells them, go. He doesn't tell them where. He doesn't. He said, fine, if that's what you want, go. Mm-hmm. And then they seem to run these pigs into the water, and I have no idea why. Um, and then we are left with the whole town comes out. And whereas... The disciples are questioning. Mm-hmm. The demons seem very clear on who this is um, and his authority over them. The people are just freaked. Right. And just actually, if you could just go away, because whatever's happening here, it is too much for us. Mm-hmm. And then in, uh, in other gospels in this story, they, well, in Mark's account, there's, there's one demon possessed man right. and not two. Uh, some speculations that, like, Matthew didn't tell the story of a demon-possessed man earlier, so he puts them both together here. Uh, okay. To me, it's a wise man situation. Like, it doesn't change the story. Nope. Whether one or two men were demon-possessed yep. there. Yep. Um, this is what happened. But the, the, that man uh, wanted to go with Jesus. And Jesus was like, hey, stay here. Uh, follow me here. And, and mm-hmm. like, having that, that demon-possessed man as a witness to those who had seen that may have been able to be like, hey, this is what I did and been able to talk more about who Jesus was in that mm-hmm. in that scenario. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a, a, a main thought. Lovely. Um, and you, you almost said all of it, but you didn't say all of it, so I will, it will be my main oh, thought. So. Oh, okay, fantastic. Um, and that's just Jesus' authority over sickness, over nature, over demons point to the fact that we need to acknowledge his authority in yeah. our lives. The fact that we can see, we can clearly see his authority over these things that are way bigger than us. Yeah, sometimes we resist his authority in our lives and how they go, okay, like Jesus is doing like clearly all authority, you know, in, in other places he says all authority has been given to me. Right. And like, oh, this we is clearly that later. So how, how, do, how do I live my life in a way that acknowledges his authority in my life? Amen. Yep. I think that's my big takeaway too. Man, two for two. Two for two. Which, Good. No matter what you said, it would have been two for two. Because <laughs> it would have been two, two of us. And right. what, one for two? One for one. One of one for two. <laughs> I don't know how numbers work, man. I don't. I, I married a math teacher. They're, what do I know? They're tricky. I love how I'm hiding this from you. Like, maybe you're going to see it ahead of time and cheat. I don't know what's... I looked at them all earlier, so I'm ready for anything. Okay. Not really, but I'm going first this time. All right. I went first last time. I think so, but that's fine. Okay. Uh, Which sports team has the best mascot? Not not what your favorite sports team is, but which sports team has the best mascot? That is a tough one. Uh... Uh, does it does it count if I go local and and say the the Kelso Highlanders have the best mascot? Do they have the, the Highlanders? Uh, the... So the the Highlanders specifically, 
I, I will confess I didn't go to a football game this year. I will go to plenty more over the next couple of years as my mm-hmm. daughter enters the marching band. But they used to have a giant blow-up Scottish Highlander okay. that a smaller human would fit themselves in, mm-hmm. um, which meant the smaller human could reach up on the inside, grab the thing by the inside of the nose, and pull its head into its body, and oh, then fun. pop it back out. Um Endlessly entertaining to two-year-olds and to me. Okay. Uh, so I, uh, I do. I'm a big, big fan of that one. I feel like I'm gonna. This is one of those where I'm gonna be watching Sports Center later and right. go. That one. That one is the best mascot. But uh, uh, other than Mr. Met, nothing is really coming to mind right it's now. It's a weird question because, like, my, my initial response was like to to what the team is called, but that's not always their no, the nickname. Like, is, is not a, yeah. The, like the Seattle Kraken, the Seattle Kraken, but the. Mm. They have a, a another like the Seattle Mariners have, have a moose. Right. I, I used to be a big fan of the moose. The, sure. the Mariners moose. Yeah. Yeah. Is it San Diego Thanks. chicken? Sure. Yeah. Uh, I like the Mariner moose. I almost went with the moose. Right. Uh, I do. Uh, for those not from Seattle, they have a giant troll under a bridge, and so then the Kraken mascot is a troll in a Kraken jersey, which is because it'd be hard to have a strange. Kraken. Yeah, that'd be costume. Yeah. Like, and not make that look absolutely ridiculous. Right. Yeah. No, okay. Fair enough. All right. Uh, if money were no object, what kind of party would you throw? If money were no object. Um, I don't even know how many, how many kinds of parties are there. I'm not a party. Right? Yeah, I, uh, I would throw a party where, uh, like, uh, everybody in my small group and a few other close friends uh, – just found a great place in the woods to to uh, be for a week Ooh. with like kayaks and and hiking okay. right. and, and ping pong somewhere and, and probably even a pickleball court. I'll I'll find a cabin in the woods with a pickleball court. Okay. And we okay. would just uh, we we would uh, read the scriptures together. Uh, we would uh, eat unhealthily for yeah. for the week. I yeah. mean, you can have a smoothie or vegetable if you need to. Okay. But okay. there would be a lot yeah. of burgers and pizzas yeah. and, sure. and stuff because that's easy to get to the cabin in the woods. I mean, we'll make it ourselves. Uber Eats probably delivers Eats to a cabin in the there. woods at this yeah. point. A week, a week at a cabin in the woods with uh, thirty of my closest friends and family. Nice. That's about the limit of how many people I, I want to see. Like, sure, yeah. And I would, and I, I could make them. I'd make them divide up into groups of like three to ten to do things too. So like, okay. it wouldn't be all thirty people doing all the things. Right, right, that'd be right. too much for me. Thirty people kayaking all at the same time. Right. Yeah. And you know, the occasional break from somebody in the middle of the week. Oh yeah. Not a bad idea. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, that's fair. So you can let us know uh, if money weren't an an object or an issue. I feel like issue would be a better word there because like money is always an object; it always exists. Sure, money were not a problem. Right, all right, not an issue. But you can let us know about uh, your uh, mad wicked parties that you would throw if money were no object, or your favorite sports mascot in the comments below. Let me read from the end of Matthew Jesus' words. Jesus came near and said to them, "All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore." And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. We'll see you later, alligator. Alligators. See you later, alligators. See you later, alligators. Take care, spanda bears. <laughs> Peace out, rainbow trout. That one works. Like trout is trout, whether it's one or many, right? Sure. Like, look at this trout, or look at these trout. Yeah, I believe, yes. Kind of like moose. Not these trouts. Is there a moose one? Moose? Moose? Where you, where you hang, hang loose moose? Hang, hang loose moose?